Welcome to Simply Living Wellness, where you'll learn how to love yourself, heal yourself, and how to nurture your mind, body, and spirit. So today, we're here to talk with Rose Bickett. I'm absolutely excited to talk to Rose. Um, I've been interviewing practitioners to date, and Rose is my very first healing story. So Rose is going to talk to us today about her incredible story of her healing journey. And she was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in June of 2017, so actually quite recent. She is a newly single mother of four children. She lives in the Midwest, and I'm just absolutely thrilled to have her on today and and, and share her story with all of you, and myself included. So welcome, Rose. So excited to have you. Thank you. Why don't we just start, Rose, by sharing with us, you know, your story, and you can tell us the story you just started telling me. So, you know, we met for everybody through a mutual friend, Mariana, and a lovely person, and Rose met her recently at her church, and so tell us, tell us, Rose, that story, please. <laughs> well, um, as we already discussed, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in June, and I have a church congregation that I on and off attend, and I shared some of my health journey with all of them and would give periodic updates on how I was doing. And um, there was one particular Sunday that, I gave an update that wasn't very positive, and it was that I had gone through four treatments of chemotherapy and saw a pretty good response and mm -hmm. then went through four more treatments, and we were hoping to see complete healing and remission, and that wasn't the case, and my doctor told me that there was no response to treatment. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, a pretty devastating moment for me to realize that I put myself through so much over those last two months for what seemed to be nothing in and, results. <laughs> and what, can I just ask, what did they suggest, by the way, to do next? What did the traditional doctors say? Yeah, so the next suggestion was to go with radiation treatment. Mm. Um, and for me, it was it was a very huge sacrifice to even go with the chemotherapy to begin with and to then do eight rounds of chemotherapy. Um, it was really hard on me because I was already a natural health guru going into this. So mm, you were, okay. I was, yeah, it was, I actually went into the treatment room um, just to get my staging. I wanted to know the prognosis to know what I had to work with. And I was planning to go about treatment completely non-toxic and holistically. And um, so to have changed my mind on that day I received the diagnosis was a really huge sacrifice. Mm. And um, <sighs> plus you were recently separated from your husband and mm -hmm. you had four small children. The oldest was 10, I think you told me. Yes. Yep. All of this happening at the same time. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, big it really, yeah, <laughs> it really hit like a lightning bolt. It did. And so, what um, made you decide um, to do the keep up chemo in the first place? Do you, do you feel like there was no other choice? Or you know what? I it was fear. It was um, 
falling victim to that really overwhelming energy that took over the room and losing my own sense of power, I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a decision made from a place of fear, which I don't ever recommend <laughs> for anyone. Yeah. So, um, but what I found out was that my prognosis was staged at uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma stage 2A. Mm -hmm. However, my scan needed to be sent off for a second opinion because it was unclear whether the cancer had invaded the pericardium, so the lining of the heart. Mm. And had it invaded the heart lining, it would automatically be a stage four. And um, my doctor really spoke of it in, in a very urgent way. In fact, he said, you need to start chemo tomorrow. <laughs> and this was before he understood the place I was coming from, which was, I'm not planning to do chemo at all. <laughs> mm, and before so, that scan came back to see. Yes. Wow, yes. Okay. Right. So um, then once realizing we were indeed a stage 2A, however, he felt it urgent to make quick action on treatment. Um, something just told me as destructive as this path was and as much as I didn't believe in it, I've came to claim it as it being my own path mm -hmm. and that maybe this path had more to do with my um, total enlightenment and total evolution rather than just a path to kill cancer cells. And so I accepted it oh, and it was very hard, very hard. So I had divine self speaking to you. I yeah. Yes. Your higher self, whatever you want to call it. But. Right. I had yeah. a few days to uh, wean my baby from breastfeeding and began treatment. Oh, my goodness. Wow, you had an infant. Okay. Mm. All right, so then you announced it in church. and um, Yeah, so I, w I went through with my first four treatments and, um, you know, came back. And the results, um, just based on the imaging, to me looked quite promising. But my doctor's take on it was that... Um, it wasn't what he expected. He hoped to see me in complete remission after four treatments, and there was still this tiny speck of um, cancerous tissue lighting up in my chest. And um, so he wanted me to go ahead with four more treatments, and that was hard. And this is the spot where I felt like I maybe did go against my higher self and my intuition in accepting those next four treatments. Um, and they, they did feel more destructive of myself as a whole than to the actual cancer in my body. Mm -hmm. So then I, I, you know, I went ahead and gave the announcement in my church. We're kind of getting back to the beginning of the story. And that's when um, I was left in this place of desperation and, and realizing I don't know if I can heal because I am so busy with my four kids and caring for them that I don't have enough time or energy to put in the really hard work of caring for myself. And a lot of it was emotional healing that needed to take place. Which takes and I time. felt, yeah, yeah, I time. felt like that was holding me back. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So um, Mariana uh, came over with a few other women, and, and she said, what can we do? 
what can we do? And of course I started bawling (laughs) because I was at that point. Um, And I just said, I I don't know. And she said, what, what do you need help with the most? What's holding you back from taking care of you Mm -hmm. so you can heal? And I said, childcare, housework. (laughs) And, um, and she right away um, said, we can help you with that. And then I said, and honestly, I think the bigger issue is I have emotional trauma and post-traumatic stress disorder for sure Mm -hmm. that I've never worked through. Mm. and she said I can help you with that too and she looked thrilled she looked absolutely thrilled and she said (laughs) she said I have a specific therapy that is perfect for helping walk you through that journey and so that's where EFT came into the picture for me yep yep wow so just you don't have to go into the details but how far back do you think that post-traumatic stress occurred I mean you know I think no, I believe it was about two years, two to two and a half years prior to my diagnosis that I had a uh, really large trauma take place in my life. And it's interesting because they often say that cancer will present itself or the symptoms of cancer will present themselves soon after a trauma. And that number, when I say soon, is usually one to two years from a very significant trauma. Wow. And um, I I know the exact moment, honestly, uh, deep in my soul, I know the exact moment that uh, my body became overridden and something shifted and my blueprint changed and um, that cancer became real for me. Gosh, that's incredible. And I I don't think that everyone... most people probably don't feel that. I think you're just very in tune with your body, which is amazing. And, and that's probably what has attributed a lot to your healing, honestly, is my belief. But, um, wow, that's incredible. Thanks for sharing that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she introduced you to EFT, which I'm well aware of, and, um, and for specifically for healing the stress from that trauma that we just never had worked through. And so it was harboring itself inside you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hmm. And so how, and for everyone who's not familiar with EFT, that's what is also known as tapping its emotional freedom technique. And it is so simple that it hardly seems like <laughs> it could do something like, you know, heal yourself or get rid of uh, such a traumatic kind of stress Mm -hmm. but uh it it sure is powerful and i encourage everybody just do a search online for it because you can find many videos and just demonstrating the technique for you um rose you probably it probably wouldn't have been enough you probably just needed that someone to just do it with you over and over i did yeah because i know yeah i've known about it and i I, I, you know, it's the discipline, it's the other side of it. It's not, and especially with, with having four little kids and being a single mother, um, it's also just having someone do it with you so that you mm-hmm. don't have to discipline yourself because you don't have anything left at that point to yeah. push yourself. I was, um, I was at this place too where I was, I was so busy mothering and really I needed somebody to take me under their wings and mother me for a moment so that um, almost, you know, I could go back to that really vulnerable state where, 
you know, I could process through some of that trauma. And I don't think I could have done it on my own. Mm. Well, bless your heart, Mariana. <laughs> so tell <Yes>. us how <laughs> many sessions and, and tell us a little bit more about then that experience of doing Oh, that. wow. How many sessions? Oh, I would say we've between in-person sessions and we've even done a couple um, virtual sessions just over the phone um, because that's worked out easiest in some situations. We've probably done maybe between eight and 12 sessions would be my guess. Mm -hmm. And then I've also um, developed the skills and remembered how to walk myself through EFT um, on my own time and in the privacy of my own home. So I also have done some of it myself, which I think is one of the most beautiful things about EFT is you can do it almost anywhere yeah. and yeah, and on your own and yeah, absolutely. And so that's been powerful for me to feel like I have this tool in my toolkit at any given moment, I can take it out. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, go ahead. You, you can do it on, on your children, I'm sure you know, and, yes. and even on your dog. So I've been working with a, an animal intuitive. She's kind of like an animal whisperer. Okay, <laughs> wow. She, just, she does EFT all the time, and, and she's now taught me how to do it with, um, with our animals. So I have a... 14-month-old um, shepherd who had trauma, they think, in the womb um, of her mother, and there was abuse going on, and, and she had a tough litter experience, they think, that maybe didn't get enough food, and so she is extremely fear-driven, and she's afraid of everyone. She loves us. She, she loves her family, mm -hmm. and shepherds are so loyal. That's why I wanted one, and we rescued her as a puppy, and she is so fear-driven um, that she's scared of everyone, and we can't even we just like can't even have friends over, or family over, even like Aww. without her getting aggressive. And um, so it's been really sad. So I've been working this, with this lady, Barbara Mariano, and um, I'm interviewing her as well. And mm -hmm. so she, we do tapping. It's not even we're phys we're not even physically doing it on the dog, but you basically you first set the intent that you're doing it for the dog as the dog and then you start doing it on yourself and then oh interesting has been amazing so she's already turning around and um wow. our little dog who is half chihuahua and just terrified of everything but he doesn't get aggressive he just runs and hides and he is coming around as well we're doing it on both dogs so yeah I just wanted wow. to because I thought you might thought that that's interesting so definitely yeah well and pets if you have them <laughs> yeah it's it just goes to show that intention is so powerful you know to not actually have to physically do the healing work on somebody's or some thing's body but to be able to set the intention and work that energy toward them is really neat yeah exactly so we'll get back to intention actually because that's really important but go ahead and continue so you did the EFT and then can you give us now wait this was about when around the holidays or hmm. when, when did you yeah I, I think it was um yeah I want to say it was probably beginning around the end of November would be my guess or even mid-November mm -hmm. yeah and then that lasted a couple of months or 
And then how does it continue? So you got some research. Yeah, maybe about th three months or so. And I guess we're getting to the place where I think, although it hasn't really been spoken aloud, I think we're sort of feeling some closure over our sessions together. Mm -hmm. And um, like she's kind of passing, passing it on to me and knowing that I have everything I need to continue to work through what I might need to work through on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, at the same time, she is still there and willing at any moment if I say, Mariana, I need you. <laughs> Tap me through this. <laughs> uh, okay, that's awesome. So, and tell us then about your recent test. How long ago was that? So my recent testing, uh, March 6th, was when I had my doctor appointment. And I should mention, I stopped all Western medical treatment on October 5th. That was my last chemotherapy session. And I turned down radiation in early November after my November 2nd scan. And uh, so just... That's what they had recommended then? after the chemo didn't work they wanted to they wanted you to do radiation next yes and the radiation would have been five days a week for a month and um the higher grade i think it was 30 was the number so it was a little bit stronger radiation than would commonly be used um and i just really it was an agonizing decision for me to make and I had to quiet all the noise around me, you know, including well-meaning family and friends and medical advice and fear. I think that was the biggest thing I had to quiet to really go into myself. And um, the best thing I could have ever done, and I would recommend this for anybody on any sort of healing journey, is to start a meditation and yoga practice and do it faithfully. And whether meditation is is the typical meditation you think of, you know, sitting cross-legged on the floor in the quiet, or whether it's prayer. prayer um, yeah. Meditation can be very different, but it's, I think the key is you're, you're sitting in solitude and it's quiet. And you're, being, you're able to tap into the universe, to the divine, to God, to yourself, to whatever your spiritual path is, and you find really raw, real answers. And that's what I had to do to find my answer as to whether radiation was my path or, or not. And then it and was I, clear. You got the message. It was clear. It was and clear that, that it was, was not my path. That was before you met Mariana, though, right? So you, you didn't know of any other solution at this point. Right. Yeah. No, right. I just, I just no knew mm -hmm. it, in my gut it felt like the radiation was even if it might show on a, on a scan or a test that, yes, indeed, there is no cancer there, it, it killed the cancer, I knew it would kill me in a, in a bigger way than what I could come back from. So I said no. Wow, <laughs> and it wasn't easy. powerful, Rose, to, to that you had, you know, received that intuition before you even had hope of trying something else. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. So um, that's when I began my journey of really seeking out alternative healing modalities. And, and I knew, I always knew it was possible. I think fear just really overtook me when I got that diagnosis and my life was flipped upside down. And I felt like for the first time in my life, I didn't have time to research. And research is a huge part of my day. And um, mm -hmm. so to feel like I didn't have time 
and uh, mortality was <laughs> in the only thing I could see in my future. And having these four little humans that depend on me, I just, you know, initially made that feeling from fear. And in November decided I'm, I'm no longer making decisions out of a place of fear. And if I'm in a place of fear, that's okay. I'm going to accept it and be able to let it go, but I'm not making a decision while I'm there. Mm -hmm. So tell us how much, when you made this decision, you started doing this meditation or prayer and solitude. Mm -hmm. Solitude and connection is really what mm -hmm. it is, connection with the divine. How much were you doing a day at that point? I would set my alarm every morning for 6 a.m. and shoot for between 30 to 60 minutes, and that would depend on when little children you know, awoke and needed my attention. But the goal was 60 minutes and for 10 to 20 of that to be in meditation and then the rest of that to be in uh, yoga practice. Mm, okay. Okay, good. Okay, so keep going. So you then you met Mariana and, and realized that you could clear this post-traumatic stress emotion mm -hmm. that you were holding on to, which I'm sure was a big part of it, although I don't think that was everything. I think you're decision to not mm -hmm. do the radiation set the intention that you're going to heal yourself and whether yeah. you do it or not but mm -hmm. at the time and then also this yoga and meditation mm -hmm. and was, was there anything else you were doing did you change your diet at all did you oh yes <laughs> honestly my, my list is so long it's kind of exhausting <laughs> to <laughs> even to <laughs> even speak like, aloud yeah. Yeah. And there's so much more you're hit with every day of, of what we can do. Yeah. And I, I think it's really important to realize that there are hundreds of paths to healing. And I always repeat that when I say it to people, there are hundreds of paths to healing and maybe thousands. And for each person and each healing journey, that path is going to be different and the modalities you use will be different and what works for one person might not work for another. And that's why it's so important to be in tune with yourself and your higher self and your intuition and the divine. And um, so for me, it was um, the research process began. I started, you know, with good old Google and just started Googling healing cancer naturally. Those were the words that came to mind for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I found a wealth of knowledge and, you know, thank God for the internet these days because um, to have that gut feeling and not have the resources at your fingertips would be tough. You know, I'm thinking of the people back in the 60s, 70s who knew also that they could heal naturally, but really had to work a lot harder to find that information. Yep. yep. Yeah. So you're right. So much at our fingertips and you know, thank God for people like Ty Bollinger. I don't know if you know him, but the Truth About Cancer series. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now he's doing a holistic dental series. Um, I don't know if you've been following that, but it's in the no, middle. No, I haven't. Yeah. Oh, well, wonderful. And that's a whole other topic, dental, but I yes. completely radically changed my dental practice um, practices and I'm growing new teeth. <laughs> so oh, I wow. I give you info about that, but um, yeah, mm -hmm. there is so much out there, but you know, but it's overwhelming. And like you said, there's a hundred or thousands of different ways. Mm -hmm. that. So I think people, and I've fallen into this myself, can get overwhelmed with trying to 
learn all these different things as you want yeah. it. You're desperate. You, you know, you, you want it, but we don't need it all. And no. so we have to remember that, you know, I think it's what you said already is that get into solitude and connection. Yes. And then you can maybe ask the questions, well, which path is right for me? And then mm -hmm. that answer. And when you find the answer, go with it and don't maybe just stop researching at that point. I don't know. If you right. Pour your energy into it at that point, into the actual treatment modality that you've received by your intuition. Yeah, so yeah. spend more time doing that than trying to search for other answers, maybe. Right, yeah. yeah so that could be some advice for other people mm -hmm. as well. Yep, absolutely. So Okay, so then it continues, and um, you got the test back. <laughs> well, you can't wait to hear this part. I know, you know, it's just, it's an improvement, and it's all a journey. But yes. Tell us what yeah. So, you know, um, I will say it was back in October when I finally began all of the researching and started implementing things on a daily basis. Um, so radically changed my diet, began this, um, you know, yoga and meditation journey and just slowly added, added in protocol after protocol, whether it was from eating broccoli sprouts <laughs> mm -hmm. to getting more sleep so many things I've been doing and so it's been about four or five months now that I've been doing this and so from a fear aspect you would go oh that's four or five months she hasn't been doing allopathic treatment or you can look at it from the standpoint of four or five months that she's been following really really strong um, holistic protocols mm -hmm. and so that's that's the way I view it and so I had my most recent doctor visit on March 6th, and um, I opted out of doing any sort of scanning um, because it, it, to me, felt like the risks of scanning, um, as a lot of you may know, with radiation exposure, um, the risks of scanning did not outweigh, or did, I'm sorry, did outweigh the benefits of scanning at this mm -hmm. time for me. So I just opted to do a physical exam, so had my superficial lymph nodes checked by the doctor, and then I did uh, lab work, a complete blood count and also metabolic profile, and all of my lab work came back normal. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and um, honestly, on the high end of normal, if anything was slightly off, and I was wow. concerned about it, I, I said, you know, explain this to me. Why is this number a little off? And, and the doctor would say, well, actually it's off in a way that shows like your kidney function is actually better than normal <laughs> so um you know that put put some ease into my heart right away to realize these couple numbers that seemed a little off were actually showing optimal health beyond optimal health in that category and so it was wow. it, it was quite incredible and then of course my um physical exam was you know I passed with flying colors and no superficial lymph nodes were enlarged um, of course there's always the ones that are deeper within the system that you don't see or feel um, from the outside but I just think you know I came up with this motto at the end of the day when I was having a hard time understanding how to celebrate but I knew I needed to and I just remembered the quote until further notice celebrate everything and so that's what I've really been living in since mm. that day. <laughs> oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank that you. It's truly incredible. So tell so you had 
blood work results from back last summer to compare to? Yeah, you know, when I was doing the chemotherapy, my uh, blood work was very regular, you know, at least once a week, if not twice a week. And my numbers were, you know, just really way off. And just due to the stress of chemo and what it does, the destruction it does to the healthy body. But um, I did have some numbers to compare to from my diagnosis also. Mm -hmm. And um, that was initially, besides presenting with chest pain, is um, how I ended up in the urgent care in the first place um, before I was diagnosed. And, and then upon doing lab work, we realized that my white blood cell count was slightly elevated. And so right now my white blood cell count is the, within normal range and on the low end of the normal range. So we're not seeing those numbers going up. So that's okay. a, a sign of healing for me. Yeah, for sure. And could they feel lymph nodes uh, large at that time? Uh, my, the lymph nodes that were enlarged at that time were the ones that were a bit deeper in my chest. So okay. what we would have to go off of, though, as far as if the disease is progressing, it's going to progress throughout the entire lymph system. Mm -hmm. And so when you go and you feel the lymph nodes in the neck and in the armpits and in the groin, um, you would expect to notice that some of those are becoming inflamed or enlarged, and that wasn't the case at my appointment. So yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, that is really really great story um we're gonna be out of time real soon but i i would love to just well, let's see you talked about you talked about the diet changes yeah and, um meditation and mm -hmm. yoga and intention and positive affirmations have been a huge for me okay okay yep. and then of course the eft to clear that post-traumatic stress mm -hmm. i think for some people, you know, you pinpointed that moment. You knew exactly when you had shifted and when you took that stress on and never cleared it. And um, But I think for a lot of women, especially who are the caretakers in the home, plus many work and do everything else and try to take care of themselves, ourselves, um, it can also be, stress can be also just build up and chronic, I feel. I think that's yeah. more of what goes on in my life than a incident. Mm -hmm. but, um, but what would you in general just, you know, what, any message you'd like to deliver for any people out there who might be in similar shoes mm -hmm. um, or just, you know, not with a diagnosis who just are concerned about health and wanting to stay optimal? What, what would be your, you know, message no that's okay um, I'm in a, a, a place of spiritual awakening right now and I think one of the greatest things I've realized is loving yourself is so powerful and the absence of loving yourself is equally as powerful in a destructive way and mm. so if you can get to a place where you completely love and accept yourself, and I'm speaking even, and this is going to sound crazy to a lot of people um, based on what, what society has taught us, but even the cancer within your body, I believe, is part of you. It's something that your body did. And for me, 
the message I'm trying to get out there is that actually cancer can be a gift and it can be an awakening. It can be a near-death experience that brings you to your divine path like it has been for me. And if we can come at cancer from this viewpoint to, to not fear it and to go, oh, hey, you're in my body. What are you here to teach me? What are you here to do? And to not feel like it, it's here to destroy you. And, um, you know, you have your moments where you, you lose it, and that's normal and to be expected. But if we can view cancer from the very beginning as a teacher and a gift, and we are the student, and we're here to be enlightened, and then begin the journey in that mindset, I think the healing can be dramatically different in a really beautiful way. I absolutely love that. Thank you for sharing. I, I'm going to share a little story just about myself because my n- listeners never get to hear about me very much about the person I'm interviewing. But since it completely yeah. ties into that, um, I'm going through uh, a spiritual awakening myself. And I honestly believe that we came down here on purpose in this, in our soul chose the life that we wanted to live, the experiences we wanted to have, because um, our divine selves wanted to experience this. This, this is what mm-hmm. I believe. If you believe in, um, you have to believe in reincarnation and all that. But um, mm-hmm. I believe that we choose in some shape or form the path we wanted to live in this lifetime. And mm-hmm. you're right that experiences, no matter how traumatic they may seem or bad, we came here to experience them. Yeah. And they all have a, a purpose and a meaning. And so, you know, while they may seem horrible, like death, for example, or death mm-hmm. of a child even, I, I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. But since I've been through this awakening, and of course it's never ending, I'm constantly learning. But mm-hmm. I, I honestly feel, well, I don't fear, fear death like I used to anymore. That, that's that been a huge shift for me. Wow. Because I feel, I just feel like, I just don't fear it anymore, whereas I used to really bad. Mm. And and I feel like if I if I went through a very traumatic experience like cancer or losing a child or a loved one, I feel like I could get through it. You know, it'd be awful. But mm-hmm. I honestly believe that we're here to experience human life form as our divine selves. And um, and and if everything were perfect. It would be really boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then what would be the purpose of coming here in the first place? Yeah. So that's just a little bit of soul journey stuff. But um, yeah, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. That last bit, and thank you for sharing your story and being so transparent and vulnerable. And you're, I just know you're going to inspire so many people with this story and, um, and even, you know, set some people maybe on their journey to healing or to mm-hmm. spiritual awakening all those things to health healthy living <laughs> yeah. and loving yourself yeah. and loving yourself that too so rose thank you so much and oh you're very welcome <laughs> and we will we will be back for all of our listeners next week with another wonderful episode my heart goes out to you rose and in your continued healing and thank you anyone, you're welcome anyone else out there in similar Uh, shoes. So bye everyone. Bye.